This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Hello there. Rancho Obi-Wan, the Guinness World Records certified largest Star Wars memorabilia collection. Located in Petaluma, California, featuring the collection of super collector, author, and Star Wars fan ambassador Steve Sansweet. The most powerful Jedi ever. Visit RanchoObiWan.org and subscribe to the Rancho Obi-Wan Virtual Museum. A fun, authentic fan experience. Featuring rare photos, videos, Steve Sansweet Q&As, virtual tours of the museum, exclusive behind-the- seen stories and information and so much more plus your subscription helps ensure the future of the museum it's the rancho obi-wan virtual museum subscribe now at ranchoobi1.org get tons of cool perks information and history of star wars collecting from the man who knows it best steve sansui while contributing to the preservation of the world's largest star wars memorabilia collection ranchoobi1.org greeting star wars fans This is Andrew from Coruscant Radio Underground. You're listening to the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. Remember, the Force will be with you, always. tuned in to the fastest growing Star Wars podcast on this side of Moss Eisley. Grab your sunscreen and your blasters. This is the Scarif Podcast. We all know that Star Wars has the coolest creatures, vehicles, space battles, and laser swords. But when we look past all that, we realize that there are deep spiritual lessons that can be learned from the saga, as well as Lucas's interest in humanity, spirituality, and the concept of religion has helped shape the saga in one way or another. The Force binds us, it penetrates us, and, well, you know the rest. In this episode, Brad and Roe are joined by Michelle and Natalie of the Force of Light Entertainment podcast to discuss prophecy, fate versus free will, and ultimately, redemption. I'm Alex, and you're listening to the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast. All right. Why are we whispering, everybody? Thank you so much. Let's uh, welcome to another Scarif Live. Let's. Um, I'm using a new monitor today. So, uh, funny story 15 minutes before our live broadcast, my laptop died and I was panicking AF. So I just restarted and uh, all is fine, but I, I can't move things. So. I'm over here. I got this over here, but uh, how you doing, Brad? Uh, doing pretty good. I mean, the the lighting looks good over there on your side. Doesn't look shady at all. Every, everything looks pretty good. I'm... You know, I, I heard it's always shady on Scarif, but I don't know who said that because it's always sunny on Scarif. We have uh, forces of light that are surrounding us, penetrating us, um, uh, and uh, that, that's 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 what I think. I, I feel. In fact, we'll I feel good. 
Yeah, we'll have a couple of those forces of light uh, talking with us tonight. And uh, yeah, speaking of new uh, followers, if you're new to the channel, welcome. And if you're new to our Scarif Live Hangout, grab a drink. Make sure you have refills ready and put your thinking caps on tonight because uh, this is going to be a good one. I am Ro. Hopefully you know me. And uh, with me is Brad, my co-host. We've got a special show tonight one of our deep dive topics that have uh, become a, a, a fast favorite of ours. I want to remind everyone in the chat to subscribe to the podcast and make sure that you hit uh, the uh, the notification button. Make sure you interact with us on Twitter, too. We're very active and we love chatting with you guys. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Pandora, Spotify, podcast.com. I don't know where else and uh, wherever else I guess you you find your uh, your other favorite shows. A special shout out to our patrons, Alex, Mr. Salty Nerd himself, Chad from Hyperspace and Holocrons, Jay, Joey, Matt Vader, another Salty Nerd, and Nicholas, and of course you, Brad, a patron of yourself. Thank you very much. Uh, but thank you guys for your continued support. We succeed because you give. That should be a sticker. What's happening, Brad? Thanks for uh, joining us on this wonderful show. It's going to be a, a lot of fun. Yeah, these these scare of lives. You know, with, not only are we doing the deep dives, but it's good to have the uh, you know the interaction with those in the chat, uh, as you know, getting their questions answered and stuff like that, and you know, taking it to the next level. You know, finding out more about the saga with these some of the. Uh, previous ones that we've done have been really mind-blowing that is uh one of the reasons i love doing these scarif lives we really get into some nitty-gritty uh just you know some additional topics things that uh uh that are interest uh, that have uh, or that are interesting to us uh so our last scarif live was uh our interview with best-selling author claudia gray and that show both on youtube and the podcast version enjoyed a record-breaking download and listens number. So thank you guys for that. Uh, it was a really great time. We certainly had a great time talking with Claudia on that one. We had several folks take it upon themselves to pick up a few of uh, Claudia Gray's books, like uh, Steve. Uh, you may know him as Otter272, just finished Bloodline. He says he enjoyed it. Uh, we talked about that with Claudia. Lots of fun. Lots of fun. And uh, so, yeah, don't forget to hit subscribe. Hit the notification button on YouTube so you don't miss any uh, future Scarif Lives like tonight's uh, broadcast. Uh, but uh, we're going to bring out our guests in a moment. But I wanted to ask you, Brad, we had to postpone Kevin, Scott, uh, Kevin Scott's recent uh, interview due to everything that's happening in the world. Obviously, that's a tough time for folks. And we want to uh, we wanted to focus on the dialogue that people were having online. Uh, regarding some uh, real-world issues. Obviously, Star Wars is an escape for us, uh, but sometimes we kind of have to step back and uh, uh, join the fight, as it were. But we'll get Kevin on soon, we promise. Uh, Brad, speaking of social issues, uh, you want to remind folks about our Krennic Cares initiative. What's that all about? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this... You know, the, the, the pandemic and everything that's happened since, it's hit a lot of people hard. Uh, and it's times like this where I think charity is most important. You know, you can, you know, give anytime and we encourage giving at any time. But, uh, you know, talking about being that light, as you said, uh, we introduced Credit Cares. You know, look up hashtag Credit Cares on Twitter to find out more about it. But uh, we're nearing 2,000 followers uh, for the Scarif 
account on Twitter. And before we got there, we wanted to have people mentioned uh, their favorite charities and provide links to their favorite charities. And then uh, once we get to 2000 followers, we are going to uh, hold a uh, random drawing and uh, you know, the Scarif Scuttlebutt will be donating uh, to the uh, winning charity. Uh, that So what we'd like people to do is uh, get on Twitter, uh, post a link to your favorite charity cause, uh, even a GoFundMe, if uh, that's what drives you. Post a link to it and add the hashtag credit cares so we can build awareness for it. And then we look forward to uh, picking one of those charities and then making a donation on your behalf to that charity. So please check out the hashtag credit cares. So if credit can care about something, I think anybody can. Target Jetta City, prepare single reactor ignition. Excellent, excellent. Thank you, Brad. And yeah, it's important to have an escape from time to time, but it's also important to maintain that dialogue in the real world and uh, witness to history on issues that affect us all. So uh, find that hashtag, Krennic Cares, and help us pick a charity. We'll be doing that donation soon. And uh, speaking of followers, I think uh, uh, Red 5 Network, uh, the uh, Twitter account, has just uh, crossed the 500 follower mark. So uh, congratulations to Red 5 and all the shows on the Red 5 Network uh, website. Uh, it, it's uh, really, it's awe-inspiring. I mean, 500 followers already on, on the Red 5 account, and uh, we're very excited. So it, it just kind of means that we're uh, spreading the word and spreading uh, the, the word as far as uh, the uh, great, great podcasts that are part of the network. Uh, always proud to share that hashtag myself too. Uh, hashtag we are red five or hashtag red five family. Uh, so Brad, our main topics have been exciting, uh, exciting you lately. No, I mean, between, oh, yeah. between our Qui-Gon episode and the rule of two, our last one on propaganda, we're uh, jumping into these topics. Uh, there are a bit more than glossing over uh, star Wars. It's why podcasts like us, and a lot of the Red 5 Network uh, podcasts keep talking and breaking down the world that was built by the maker, Mr. George Lucas, so many years ago. But before we start, I want to bring out uh, Michelle and Natalie of Force of Light Entertainment. Uh, as I'm reminded time and time again by the Salty Nerd, it's uh, Jurassic June. It's Dinosaur Month, and I just finished listening to uh, a bunch of uh, dinosaur pods. Theirs was particularly fun. Uh, let's bring them in. Ladies, welcome to the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast, Scarif Live. How are you guys? Hello. Hey, we're doing good. How are you all? Fantastic. Good to see you guys. Yes, yeah, good Good to be here. Excellent, excellent. So, uh, you know, we uh, as we grew uh, Gold Squadron, we had a couple of... Uh, uh, folks that uh, joined that, uh, I guess, that squadron. And, um, you know, as we grew Red 5, we were very um, happy to get to know a lot of new podcasts. And that's really what it's all about. Um, you guys were, were on there as well. You know, between the, the members of, uh, of Red Squadron and Gold Squadron, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun interacting with everybody and pushing, uh, promoting everybody's content uh, because, you know, uh, between listening to everybody, uh, you know, do their thing, uh, we are very uh, happy to include you guys as part of uh, part of the family. So welcome. Yes, thank you. Um, I was very glad when you guys asked because we were kind of already promoting other podcasts as I began listening to different ones. And mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I was excited when you asked. So it was, yes. and this is kind of the first time I've saved it for you guys to introduce us as Red Five. So I've not really announced that. I mean, we did oh, on no. social media, but not actually on a podcast. So, so uh, I guess this is our. <laughs> Are, are coming out to the say of Red Five. Nice, <laughs> uh, nice. And I have Welcome. to uh, bring out a special guest. My daughter wanted me to uh, have Baby Yoda say ah, hi. Ah, nice. The asset. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now Welcome, he's going to go back Yoda. to sleep for a little while. Well, I just ordered mine from Amazon, and they told me it was coming Friday, but now I got an email that it's coming uh, Saturday. So. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting uh, my uh, baby Yoda. I can't remember which version I uh, I purchased, but uh, I'm looking forward to getting my baby Yoda as well. They're really Brad, cute. Yeah, Brad, where's your baby Yoda? <laughs> uh, he's with the rest of my Yoda collection upstairs. So that I've got the whole family awesome. up there. Nice. <laughs> you can't have too much baby Yoda. No, no you can't. <laughs> Excellent. And you, you can't be mad. You know, you know, if anybody's ever mad, if you're having a, a conversation that's being derailed on Twitter, not that that ever happens, just picture, yeah. you know, post Hi. a picture of baby Yoda and everything's okay. It's yes. true. He is, he's a unifying force. <laughs> he really is. Yeah. Really is. So uh, tonight we're going to talk about uh, another uh, very interesting topic. Uh, we, we love kind of going deep into these things. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of podcasts obviously talk about uh, speculation, casting news, um, you know, who's directing this. But uh, I really love just getting into the nitty gritty on, on some of these uh, topics that are a little bit more ethereal and a little more, um, you know, deep and spiritual. And, and obviously this is definitely one of those. Uh, Brad, you want to start us off and uh, maybe do a little primer on, on what we're going to be talking about tonight? Yeah, sure. So, you know, like you mentioned, with the Scarif Labs that we've done in the past, we've hit on a lot of these topics. Um, tonight, we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, prophecy, uh, the, the will of the force, fate versus free will, uh, redemption. We've talked about all these things separately, um, but it'll be good to kind of consolidate those conversations. And we thought uh, the ladies from Force of Light Entertainment would be uh, the, the right ones to do that with. Uh, because of their background. So I'd love to start there. Would uh, give our uh, listeners your background. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Oh, well, I am actually, some of these topics are very relevant to my studies. I am actually doing my PhD in renewal theology. So some of these subjects we're going to address tonight, especially kind of the fate versus free will, is something that it's, it's a very real topic to me and, and in the things that I study as far as school and theology. Um, and I am just, uh, I'm a Christian. Uh, you know, I had my times. I wasn't living for the Lord. So I do believe very much in redemption and God's love and mercy and, um, you know, what he can make of your life. And when maybe we have made bad choices, but, it, you know, I believe he's always there kind of rerouting and, uh, but of course, we you know have part in that and the decisions we make. So I think I think basically though you know we view as people do view Star Wars through different lenses. We always view it through a Christian theological worldview. We do like through a spiritual like that's one of the biggest things I love about Star Wars is like the spiritual aspects of it. So it's really fun to get to talk to you guys. Uh, you know, talk about it more through that lens. Yeah. And I was just watching an interview with George Lucas. You know, he never wanted 
the Force or Star Wars to become a religion in and of itself, but to use these stories to draw parallels from other religions and uh, yeah. kind of help you know younger viewers you know digest that uh, information. So you know, for all the listeners out there, you know, tonight we will be talking about these issues and given their background, it will be from the biblical standpoint, and that's where we're going to draw the parallels tonight for a lot of these topics. So, how did you get into podcasting then? Oh well, I have a I have a Christian podcast, which is just Force of Light podcast. And as I was getting the equipment to get going with that, I was just like, uh, Natalie, do you want to start entertainment? Because I've always loved talking entertainment with her, she and is, yes. I love discussing movies. And my brain just kind of keeps working through things. I analyze things. And so it just kind of, it was kind of a fun thing. Like, it, Hey, might as well do this. It's a true passion for her. And by extension, she brings me into it. So I'm along for the ride, you know, <laughs> what kind of, what kind of topics have you talked about so far on the podcast? We've mostly just done, well, see, we started in February and we were going to do like one of our first ones. Well, the rise of Skywalker was our first one, but then we were going to do, cause I love going to the movies. So one of our first ones was birds of prey, which had just come out. So we wanted, we were going to be doing more kind of live right after we saw a movie review. And then of course the pandemic hit. So we <laughs> kind of just had to make it up and Improvise. go back. Yeah. And kind of go back through movies we enjoy and different subjects like that. So pretty much movie discussion. And I don't really call it reviews because it's more conversations. We're we just have. regular people, you know, that appreciate movies and shows. Sure. Sure. So we have a lot of stuff that we want to dig into uh, tonight. So I'd like to go ahead and, and get to that. Uh, and the first thing we'd like to talk about is prophecy, this whole idea of prophecies. In the original trilogy, it didn't really come up. There wasn't really any mention of prophecy, but the entire um, sorry, prequel trilogy uh, was all about prophecy and the chosen one. And what does that mean? Who is the chosen one? That sort of thing. So from your perspective, um, tell us a little bit more just about prophecy in general. You know, who, who, who makes these prophecies and, you know, where do they get their information from? That sort of thing. I mean, are we talking Star Wars world? Here? Oh, well, no. So, yeah, no. So, so yeah, we'll, we'll start on, we'll, Brad. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll start on the, on, on the biblical side of it, you know, just, just profit, you know, from, from your education uh, and your beliefs where, you know, let's talk about prophecy in general. Okay. And then we'll yeah. get to Star Wars. I mean, prophecy in general, you know, this would be for, and it's interesting, I, I, is, I mean, George Lucas, I assume with that name, has a Jewish background, but um, I, don't, I don't know that he actually is, I don't think he's a practicing, like practicing Jew, but I think he probably has kind of that background. Maybe I'm wrong on that. You can correct me. But uh, so both, you know, Old New Testament would, would cover Jewish and Christians. Prophecy would be something that comes from God, but it comes to, you know, a prophet, an individual, and they would relay the information. And so I guess parallel, you know, paralleling that with Star Wars world, you know, I would say it's kind of the same way. It, it kind of be like a Qui-Gon Jinn meditating and he sees something through the force and the force, you know, reveals something to him and he gives this prophecy. On a personal level, you know, and I'm not sure, uh, you know, you guys like, you know, we all have different experiences, but I think a lot of us like Christians, like we've had time, God has used someone to tell us something 
uh, about our life or about the future. And maybe we see that come to pass and it felt right at the time, you know, it needs to kind of bear witness with you, you know, because sometimes people might say something that you're kind of like, okay, I don't really receive that. And that was off base, but there are times God uses people um, to prophesy to you over your life or over a situation. And it's very much dead on. So, I mean, it's kind of a, it's a very precious thing that God very much does use. Are, are they, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the chosen one specifically here in a second, but are they, because uh, it was kind of cryptic uh, in the, in the, in the prequel trilogy, are they, uh, are these prophecies always cryptic like that? Or some of them a little more specific as to what they're referring to? Well, I think definitely if you're looking and, and, you know, I think it's the same in both worlds, uh, you know, in a biblical standpoint, that's why so many people debate them because they are very cryptic and they are very symbolic and visual. And, and so I think it's the same with Star Wars. I think, you know, even in dreams sometimes, you know, you might have a dream and it's more like symbolism or something, but then later you see like, or even at the time being like how that applied to your life or to someone else's life. Yeah. I think, you know, back to star Wars, I think that you kind of even, do you guys not get the, I kind of get from Yoda, like he's very unsure about this prophecy of the chosen one, or he's, he's at least very reserved on his feelings about it. Um, so, I mean, I, you know, I think um, I lost, I lost my train of thought there. It, it happens. <laughs> But my point is, is because I think I, I got it back with Yoda. I think you just you just sometimes have to. There is like it, you don't know, and you just kind of have to see how things play out in life. Honestly. So real fast, uh, um, you had mentioned that uh, George Lucas's background. I've got um, uh, the uh, I am George Lucas book here, and uh, he, he's not Jewish. But he's very, uh, he always questioned uh, religion as a young person and uh, wanted to explore that. In college, I think he was really into anthropology and the study of relationships and mankind and spirituality. So that's where a lot of that comes from. He wanted to kind of distill the, um, I guess, the, uh, the message of religion to a very simplistic way of thinking about it. And obviously that's where the force came from. So um, it's really, you know, it's, it's really fascinating stuff. And I think he, uh, you know, credit to him uh, for, for being able to do that. I know a lot of people uh, give him flack for uh, how he changed the, the view of the Force uh, in the prequels with uh, midichlorians and things like that. Um, but uh, it, it's, it's all very fascinating stuff. And we're still talking about the Force and Star Wars, you know, decades later. So uh, I love it. It's really cool. Yeah, and you met you mentioned um, you know there was some discussion between Yoda, specifically Yoda, Mace Windu, and Obi Wan about the prophecy. Do you think there's any inherent danger for you know people trying to uh, maybe prematurely fulfill prophecy or you know you know put their own interpretations on? Pro- is there any danger oh, to prophecy? Yeah. That to me is the danger. And I was going to get, I actually have that in my notes because I, I, I told him off camera that I watched uh, Revenge of the Sith for the first time in a while. And sorry, my camera c- cut out. And anyways, 
watching that, you see that I think they put on Anakin all the talk of him being the chosen one, I think causes leads to his downfall because it gives him this ego and this thing that I think he had he feels he has to fulfill that's just too much on someone. Like because no human can, you know, no one can take that. I'm the chosen one. So I, I think too, I think there is a danger in you know, like I said, we just said, prophecies are vague. They're kind of, we're trying to figure it out. So you just kind of got to let it play out, like I said. And like, I think, you know, back to Star Wars, I just, I think that was one of the major flaws that happened was Qui-Gon Jinn so early on, pretty much letting him know you're the chosen one at like nine years old. It's just, it's, that was just a lot. <laughs> it's a lot to do yeah, that is nine-year-old. Yeah. Man. Well, and don't uh, you think it can kind of lead to a, a big head, sort well, of? Yeah, you know, or... and you see that in his character. Like, you see his arrogance. Like, Luke is much more humble of a person than Anakin was. But he, Luke doesn't really think much of himself when we meet him, you know, from his background and stuff. So it, it is very different. And yeah. he's older. And he's older. He yes. doesn't have the, uh, True. I guess, the stigma of being called the chosen one. Um, you know, he's, he was, Luke was very humble, very, yeah, you know, yes, very back, yeah, backwater planet. Uh, he, he worked with his, uh, his uncle and, uh, yeah, very, very different, uh, upbringing. I mean, you know, I think, you know, even, uh, Anakin, when he was finding out, uh, how easily he could do things through the power of the force, he started to believe it himself. So I think that kind of, uh, contributed to uh, to his uh, big head syndrome, if you will. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just interesting stuff. We got a lot of people chatting uh, on the uh, in the chat, uh, commenting, and then uh, I'll go ahead and put some on there if you guys want to take up those things as uh, talk points. But uh, um, yeah, it's uh, really fascinating stuff. And you know, the the prequels only say you know you refer to the prophecy of you know the one that will restore balance. That's all they say. Uh, luckily we finally have a little bit more information on that And Claudia, you know, we just had Claudia Gray on uh, a few weeks ago. We talked uh, about master and apprentice. She at least, uh, at least gives a little more information on this prophecy. And I want to read, uh, that prophecy in a little more detail. Uh, and some folks in the chat and, and listening, uh, may have not heard this before, but this is the entirety of that prophecy. And it goes like this, only through sacrifice of many Jedi will the order cleanse the sin done to the nameless. The danger of the past is not past, but sleeps in an egg. When the egg cracks, it will threaten the galaxy entire. When the force itself sickens, past and future must split and combine. A chosen one shall come, born of no father, and through him will ultimate balance in the force be restored. That gives a little more context, a little more information, but uh, also delightfully cryptic at, at the same time. Uh, so based off that and what they knew about Anakin, do, do you think that he was the chosen one that was prophesized? Uh, and this was centuries before? Well, I, I know Qui-Gon, it's when the mom says he has no father. That's when the, like, you really see a light bulb go off in his brain in The Phantom Menace. So, I mean, you know, George Lucas has said he is the chosen one. So I, I accept I accept him as the chosen one. Uh, that book was good and added, definitely added to it. But so I can see why they believe it. But again, I think I think it's the wisdom of Yoda 
that is so reserved with Anakin. Because like I said, I think he is wise enough to know, okay, maybe he is the chosen one, but it's dangerous to thrust this onto him. That's not going to lead to anything good. And I don't think it does, as we see. Do you think it would have been better had they, I don't know, if kept away from him is, is the right words? Like you, you said, putting that, you know, putting that burden on his shoulders. Do you think if he had not known, heard anything about that, you know, it could have turned out differently? I think it could have allowed him to maybe be more humble, honestly. Just not just thinking, oh, I'm the chosen one. I've got to do this. You know, you want to have confidence, but you don't want to be, like I said, I just think that was a weight he wasn't able to handle. And it, no one really could handle it. And it it pretty much chokes him out. And, and because of him thinking he's the chosen one, he always thinks the Jedi are doing him wrong, that he deserves more. You know, in Revenge of the Sith, he's he's fussy because they don't make him uh, a master, even though they put him on the council. And Obi-Wan says, well, you're the youngest to ever get that honor, but that's not good enough for him. So I just think it, it led to a lot of problems. So he kind of becomes like a Jedi superstar. Yeah. You know, and, you know, if we're going back and forth between like the real world and Star Wars world, you know, it's kind of like if someone is very anointed by God, um, but you have to always remember that like that's God and that's not you as a human. Whereas like in with Anakin, it's like that's the force. Like, yes, you were chosen to do that, but it's like stay humble that it's like that is the force working through you. Like you're well, just a human. Well, it's even, it's kind of like think of child stars in Hollywood. How many of them crack under the pressure? I mean, it's just too much given too soon. And it just usually doesn't lead to anything good. Yeah, yeah definitely. And, you know, uh, I want to talk about the will of the force. You know, that's a good segue. You talked about Qui-Gon and uh, you know, when he went before the Jedi council, he's, he was very sure uh, that it was the will of the force that, you know, you know, they left Naboo, their hyperdrive went out. They had to basically crash land on Tatooine with no money or anything. And they found this boy, uh, you know, randomly at the, at the spaceport that they went to. And of course, like you said, uh, he met me and she said he had no father after he got his midichlorian count. Um, you know, and then he goes to the Jedi council and he says he has no doubt that this was the will of the force that he met this child. Uh, so, you know, well, again, we'll start with, you know, biblical, um, you know, context, you know, and we, we've talked about the will of the force on the scare of scuttlebutt in the past parallel, we would say the will of God. So if you want to give a little more context on, on that subject. Yeah. Um, well, what's the actual question though about it? So how, how can we, how can one discern what is the, you know, the will of the will of God or will of the force? Well, I think, I think it comes back to say, I, I listened to you guys episode about Qui-Gon Jinn and you kept talking about how connected he was to the force. And it's the same. I would say the same in, in life with God. If you personally have a connection with God, the more in tune you're going to be to God's will, uh, and I'd say it's the same, like I said. So literally, I'd parallel them exactly the same. It, just being in tune with, you know, in, in Qui-Gon's case, the Force, or, you know, with God, either way. And even then, it, that doesn't mean you're not going to make mistakes or interpret things wrong or, uh, you Get know. off track. Yeah, I mean, some of Get it. Get back on track. <laughs> some of it is just like, it, it's our, 
at the end of the day, it kind of comes by faith and you just kind of got to go for it at some point and, and trust that, it, you know, in Star Wars, that the force or in life that God, you know, will lead you down the right path ultimately. You know, on, on one of those shows that you're referring to, somebody, uh, one of the listeners brought up the question, was it the will of the force for Order 66 to happen and to wipe out all the Jedi? Um, Want to get your thoughts specifically on that possibility and also expanding that. Are there any uh, dangers with tr someone saying, you know, claiming that something is the will of God or in the Star Wars universe, the will of the force? Absolutely. I would say in life, yeah. God gets blamed for a lot. <laughs> right. And the reason is, is everything if you truly take this and that's what we're about to get into this idea of fate versus free will if you remove decisions human decisions from things then you can blame god for everything and some things too is just we live in a we live in a, a world a that's a that's, that's world. messed up and and things happen you know sometimes people get cancer or get terrible things and it happens um so i think definitely as, as far as with that, because I don't believe it was the will of the force for all the Jedi and the younglings to get wiped out. I think yeah, that was no. a, that was a twisting from Palpatine and then Anakin doing his his bidding. He, I mean, really, uh, he was he was doing pa he was being doing Palpatine's will. So that was kind of more the work of the devil, so to say. <laughs> it was definitely uh, not the the light side, <laughs> right? Yeah, we talked about that uh, that, that episode that Brad was uh, talking about um did gave us uh, did give us pause and we really uh, thought about how people interpret that uh, i remember brad talking about how um you know people some people might have uh, interpreted uh, you know um uh, storm damage in south as the, this this was the will of god and it had to happen um certainly uh, parallels to what anakin did um I think I listened to Pizza and Parsecs and the gals over at the Galactic Podcast. Uh, they're, they're, um, they were talking about how Yoda was very apprehensive and how um, it felt like he was just accepting the will of the Force and how uh, uh, he wasn't very active. He was just accepting um, certain activities or certain elements of, of the activities that were going on around him. Um, as part of the will of the force, almost waiting to see what happens. Um, what are the dangers as far as interpreting certain world events or certain events in Star Wars as the will of the force versus free will and not blaming God for, say, uh, a, a tragic event and saying, well, it wasn't, it wasn't God that wiped out this village. It was an, either an act of nature or, a, you know, I don't know, a, a massacre or whatever the example is. But uh, there are certain, certainly dangers in kind of assigning, assigning blame to something that is not, you know, seen uh, with your own eyes, isn't there? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, you know, totally. I mean, it could just lead you down to a place of questioning everything, really. Right. I mean, I think we've all seen uh, different examples of basically like, oh, well, if there was a God, why would he allow this, yeah. this, this, or this? It's kind, of, it's kind of that classic question that gets thrown up by people. You know, anytime a tragedy happens, which tragedies just happen. That's a part of life. Life is full of happiness, ups, downs, joys, but also suffering, pain, and sorrow. It's just all yeah. a part of it. 
So I'd like to maybe throw a curveball at you uh, and, and see what you think. Um, if we agree that the prophecy is referring to Anakin and he is the chosen one, could he have fulfilled the prophecy uh, and become the chosen one and restore uh, restored balance to the force had Order 66 not happened? So if Order 66 had to happen for him to fulfill this prophecy, does that maybe maybe give some legitimacy to the uh, idea that Order 66 could have somehow been the will of the Force. But how, how do we know that? What, so are we determining that that would determine how, how do you define him bringing balance? Was it him bringing balance the moment he threw Palpatine over the shaft and the Sith were done? Is, is, if that is defined as when he brought balance, he could have let that happen in in Palpatine's office when Mace Windu Mace Windu had him dead to rights. So, and you could have avoided the whole tragedy, basically. Um, so, I guess that would truly be dependent on your definition of restoring balance to the Force. I personally don't know if we'll ever have an answer to that. I think that's still very much up for debate. Uh, what exactly that means and uh, when it happens. I, I think you're right on that one. Uh, we'll talking, we've been we'll be talking about that for another 42 years. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, we've been hitting around it and I know we all want to talk about, you know, fate versus free will. Uh, and this, I, I know you guys were excited to talk about that. You want to, again, let's start with some, uh, some, some biblical context. Uh, what, you know, how, how do you lean towards this predetermination, uh, versus, uh, people making free will and having control over their own actions, uh, I'd love to, you know, get your thoughts on and get some, some, some reference before we apply it to the Star Wars universe. Yeah, well, I mean, there's kind of different camps. I actually go to a school that is kind of split 50-50 in those different camps of thought on that subject. But the way I would say it is that the two are all. There's always tension between the two. Um, it's it's I I lean towards free will. It is most it's pretty it's mostly free will, but there still is that element of God is there aiding everything is the way I would word it. So there is a form of, of fate of that, but like I, I personally lean towards decisions and free will. But I think the fate being, it's important to remember the Jeremiah 29, 11 type faith. I have plans, you know, good plans for you to prosper you to give you a hope and a future. You know, I don't think that the Lord has plans of destruction for people. You know, we, like Michelle said, we have free will and we can make, unfortunately, sometimes bad choices or sometimes people do things to other people that can lead their life down a negative path. But, you know, God always has, uh, he can redeem you or anything, you know, it's never too late. So it's kind of my thoughts on well, that. Well, and saying it's never too late, it, well, I mean, well... We're, we're definitely, we believe in, I lean towards decisions. Every person gets a decision, you know, has decisions like Invader's case yeah, up until, up until the final moment. And you see this beautiful change right towards the very end of his life. Uh, you know, this might be corny, but I was just thinking for the first time, like, and, and that scene always touches me so much. Like it's one that makes me cry pretty much every time you know, and you see him looking back and forth and it's like that moment of decision and he ultimately makes the right decision and throws him over. And I just kind of thought even in a biblical representation like Samson, 
Samson had this like life ahead of him, you know, that the Lord had made him special and stuff like that, but he kind of squandered it and made some bad choices. But at the very end, you know, and he cries out, Lord, you know, use me one more time. And he does. And yeah. it, it does result in his death. Yeah. But that's kind of like what happened with Darth Vader. Yeah, I would say Samson and Vader are probably the two. Yeah, it's probably a good connection. If you want to read who Vader's probably the most like in the Old Testament, go to Judges and read about Samson. So in a way, <laughs> even though he had a lot of bumps along the way, Darth Vader kind of did ultimately fulfill his destiny well he totally fulfilled his destiny he just could have done it a lot less bloody path without killing younglings right and which led to his misery and his pain and suffering anakin literally is the perpetrator of all his pain and suffering padme dies because of anakin <laughs> if you think about it had anakin not done that he actually that go back to, he becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy he has these dreams of her dying in childbirth, and that happens because of what he does. <laughs> yeah, on self-fulfilling prophecy, are there any examples of that? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Are there any, can you recall any examples of that in the Bible where there was a self-fulfilling prophecy, or is that not really touched on too much? Yeah, I mean, I'd have to really think about that. But I mean, to me, I think of that more in terms, not even totally biblical in terms of that would go back to your decisions and to, you know, with Anakin, that that example I just gave, that prophecy, that those visions he have comes true because of his terrible decisions. And therefore it's fulfilled because he fulfilled it. <laughs> well, and I'm not sure if this applies, but, um, and mom, if you're watching, hi. Uh, but one scripture she told us all the time, you know, all the time, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So, you know, if you're thinking all the time, if you're, your self-talk, like, I'm stupid, I'm not going to be successful, I'm not that, sometimes on a personal level, it can become a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know, so we want to be careful not to do that and, you know, think good, and as the Bible also says, think good things, lovely thought, think, think on these things, I think there's a reason it says that. And we, we talked about the, the Qui-Gon episode and... Uh, to me, it seemed, and Ro, you can correct me if I'm wrong, it seemed to be the consensus was no matter, you know, the, the question we pose for anybody who has not caught that episode is, would things have turned out differently had Qui-Gon been Anakin's teacher instead of Obi-Wan? And what I kind of got from uh, the listeners and from those in the chat was they thought no matter what happened, uh, Anakin would have still turned to the dark side. Uh, that was his fate. So do you, you know, you said you're a proponent of free will. So do you agree with that? Or do you, do you think things could have definitely turned out differently had Qui-Gon been his uh, teacher instead of Obi-Wan? I've thought about that recently, and I definitely think they could have gone differently. I don't think he was born fate to do what he did or destined to do, make the terrible decisions he made. Um, but I think, I think it goes, I, cause I know I've heard Dave Filoni and them talk about Qui-Gon and I think Qui-Gon would have been a way better person to be in his life than Obi-Wan. And because not even just because of Obi-Wan, but it was a different relationship where Obi-Wan was more brotherly, Qui-Gon was more fatherly and it just would have been a better situation. But I will take it back further than that. I think the biggest mistake in and Anakin's upbringing. And I think it's one of the reasons why Yoda says, no, we won't train him, he's too old. 
is the fact that they take him away from his mother. And because think about it, it is his mother dying is what begins to propel the darkness within him. And I think the fact that the, that they took him as from his, because most Jedi were taken when they were so young, they had no remembrance of their parents. But Anakin's nine years old. And his mother is, you know, his best friend, the person who's always taking care for him. And I think him walking away from his mother and, you know, not having a parent figure replace his mother, I just think that was devastating because, you know, it wasn't a bad situation. His mother loved him and he loved her. He just decided to go off almost like to boarding school. But in this case, you never get to see your parents again. So I, I think that was one of the, the worst things that kind of led him to that. Because like I said, ultimately when she dies, then he slaughters all the, the sand people and it really propels him down this dark road. You know, Anakin started off really messed up to begin with. When you think about it, Yoda says uh, the whole thing about, uh, you know, d fear leads to darks to darkness, uh, you know, and Qui-Gon ripped Anakin away from his mother and he feared that was the one big thing that he feared was losing the connection between him and his mom. And he did. He lost it from day one. I think Anakin was was doomed to to the fate of of choosing the dark side unfortunately i mean throughout his entirety you know he kept losing things he lost uh, you know in 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 clone wars he lost his friendship and and connection to ahsoka uh, and uh, again you know all these women and rob from jedi temple archives has said it uh, before you know all these women in his life all these people in his life he's he starts losing them one by one um uh you know Qui-Gon uh was killed by Maul I mean he it, it almost seems like he has been living in fear uh almost for the other shoe to drop uh like who what else am I going to lose and yeah. again from from day 1 I think he was doomed just to kind of um you know choose that fateful uh journey to the dark side unfortunately and Obviously, the reason that he chose the dark side uh, ultimately when Palpatine tempted him was for one reason and one reason only. He wanted to use that power to save someone finally to try and save Padme. And uh, he crossed that line. Um, he crossed that line where I think previously he wasn't able to. He lost his mother. His mother died. Uh, he, he did take vengeance upon that and killed and slaughtered the sand people. But uh, again, you know, from day one, I think he was just uh, doomed to to fall to the dark side because of the fear of uh, losing everything. Yes. And I think, you know, what you're saying, it goes back to how much environment and right. things in our life play a role a, in a huge in, part in the decisions we make. They help form our thoughts, form everything in our, our emotions and result in decisions that we make, which, like you said, all those things led to his decision, which, you know, rewatching that movie, I mean, Palpatine plays him like a drum and it's kind of sad. He's not even that subtle with blowing smoke, you know, to Anakin, but he's so arrogant and young, it just feeds his pride and ego and it's just so easy for him to manipulate him. I know you said you believe that Anakin is the chosen one, and, and yes, George Lucas does make statements to that as well. There was a good question in the chat from Danny, though. 
and I want to get your you compared Vader with uh, Samson. Uh, and they, uh, Danny in chat uh, posed the question, is Vader or Anakin maybe a John the Baptist type character uh, making Luke and Leia the chosen ones? Well, it's interesting. Well, you know, I actually, and I said this on one of our recent episodes, or when we talked, went through the original trilogy, I, George Lucas, of course, said that Anakin's the chosen one, so I accept that as fact. But I never really liked that when it came out because... I, you know, I was young when the prequels came out, but I grew up even before that with the originals, and I felt like that took away from Luke, and I, I never really liked it. <laughs> I accept it, but I don't like it, in the words of Lando in, in a solo, in solo movie. But anyways, yeah, so that's an interesting theory. It is, really. Yeah, you know, I just always go with what Lucas said, since he did write and make the movies. <laughs> are, are there any character parallels? Uh, I remember... Uh, yeah, I'm not the expert here. I'm the expert in a lot of things, not the expert here. Um, I remember, if if I remember correctly, John the Baptist was more of an eccentric type uh, person in the Bible, right? So are, are there are there any parallels between uh, Anakin, pre-Vader, maybe, and John the Baptist? Or just maybe him being a precursor to something bigger than himself? Yeah, I, I see. I think that the best, uh, that's, uh, I think Natalie had a good example. I think his biblical counterpart would be Samson. <laughs> there, there's obvious parallels, you know, the, the Anakin born without a father, obviously the, the uh, Christian connotation there. Um, you know, George Lucas, again, very interested in, in philosophy and religion and spirituality. And uh, it's embedded in Star Wars uh, you know, whether you like it or not, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, uh, like you said, don't want, uh, the, the Jedi to be, uh, a religion, but it, since it's based in a, a world religion, um, not one in particular, obviously Lucas borrowed from many, um, philosophies and, um, you know, that's, that's why we keep talking about it. That's why we keep talking about it. I love it. And uh, Cam in the chat just uh, brought up a good point. I, I think he might be dead on. Uh, he thinks of uh, Qui-Gon as the John the Baptist type character. So I could definitely yeah. see that. Yeah, that, yeah. that actually is a probably a pretty good parallel. <laughs> I, think, I think he nailed it with that. Um, yeah, that, that was so, a good one. Yeah. So Anakin has fallen. He, you know, he spends 20 years as Darth Vader. Um commits countless atrocities, uh, basically participates in uh, mass genocide across the galaxy, uh, to, to put it lightly, uh, being part of the Empire. Um, and one of the things that we spoke about in our Joseph Campbell episode was this idea of redemption. Now, we talked about Joseph Campbell, who is more, uh, you know, he his expertise was mythologies, specifically Greek mythology. Uh, and Native American mythology. Um, in his hero's journey, redemption isn't really part of it per se. Um, his is more about coming back as, as a different person and that sort of thing. Um, but we definitely hit on redemption in that. So I'd love to, you know, you know, I think this is the culmination of this whole conversation is redemption. And uh, what, what, what can the Bible, and we'll start there again, what, what can the Bible teach us about redemption? Can I actually go back? I had a thought back sure, on the sure. fade and free will thing. I want to yep. say this because I think it's important to this conversation in Star Wars is Yoda says, 
always in motion the future is. And I think that that line is supposed to be, you know, implicate because it's based on decisions that are made by people. And that's why the, the future is always in motion. You can't know the future because it's based on decisions. And last thing on, on you think, you know, you know, that bringing up about is it the will or the was it the will of the force for this to happen? You know, relating back to God, you know, I, I think the plan of God is done and, and will ultimately be done. But the will of God is not always done. Think of, think of the prayer that Jesus says to pray, let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The will of God is not always done in our life or in the world. And I think it's this, but the plan of God will be done. And I think it's the same with the force. Like the, the, the plan for the chosen one to, to fulfill that ultimately happen but it didn't really happen probably in the way the force willed it to happen necessarily. Uh, I just had that thought, but. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so on that, you know, before we, we'll get back to redemption here in a second. Uh, I don't, you ever watch the price is right. One of my, one of my favorite games on the price is right is, is Plinko. You guys are, you guys remember Plinko where they, they would, you know, they're on top of the big board and there's all these little pegs and they would drop the chip and it would go all these different ways and, it would land in a, in, in a certain slot, right? And that would be how much money they won. Uh, so, you know, going to what you said, as far as uh, what Yoda says, always in motion. So as far as fate versus free will, you know, there was, I don't know, 20 different slots it could, it, it could fall under when it got to the bottom. Uh, I think fate would say that no matter which different uh, path it followed, you would always land in the same slot and win the same amount of money. Whereas far as free will goes, you know, you make these decisions and that, that will determine where you fall. So even if, uh, I guess maybe just trying to get some more understanding for myself. So even if you fall in a different slot per se, uh, that can still be the will of God or, or the will of the force. Um, well, I mean, as far, I mean, I think it's the will of God or the will of the force in Anakin's case to not go down these swervy paths to get there. But at the end of the day, as Natalie said, the camera keeps showing Vader, look, 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 look. And it's showing you this this, this processing that's going on in his head. At the end of the day, he still makes a decision and it's a sacrificial decision. He knows as soon as he picks up Palpatine, he's dead. I mean, he's going to be fried by all this lightning. So at the end of the day, and that's where I said, there's always tension between fate and free will that you just can't, it's one of these conversations, you'll go circles and around, you know, circles and circles because there's tension there that you can't ever get away from. But I, at the end of the day, I lean towards, you know, our decisions determine our destiny at the, at the end of the day. And they do. And I also want to add in life, I think, you know, God is merciful that, okay, here was plan A and maybe you made decisions that didn't look. He's prepared with a plan B, C, D, E, and F to Z sometimes to, to the ultimate, you know, to the end of our lives, I think, to get us back on track. And like I heard somebody say one time, and it might be corny, but it's kind of like when you have a garment or a, you know, a navigation tool in your car and you take it tells you to turn, but you make the wrong turn and, you know, rerouting, rerouting. And I think God does that with us, you know, sometimes, a lot of times. Yeah. So a spiritual GPS, if you will. There you uh, go. Uh, yeah, I can dig that. 
right. So uh, yeah. So back to redemption. What what can we what should we know about redemption? What does the Bible teach us there? Many things. Yeah. I mean the the whole the whole book of the Bible is about redemption. It is. I mean the book of the the Bible is about the creation fall and redemption of humanity and their relationship with God, all of it's through this relationship with God. So, I mean, that is the whole purpose of it. And that's why I find, that's why as Christians, you can say, and I, I'm sure you can as another religion too, but as Christians, it's so easy to relate. To, and I'd say it'd be the same way for Jewish people also. It, it's so easy to relate to Star Wars because that is Anakin's story. It's you see his his beginning, his fall, and his redemption, and it's literally parallels the story of, I mean, the Bible. Really, my daughter actually had a 4-H speech on that topic <laughs> about the rise, fall, uh, and redemption of Anakin slash Darth Vader. Yeah, and and I will say this, you know, relating it back to the Bible. You know, the one scripture everyone knows, even if you're not a Christian, John 3 and 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. In Star Wars, love is the driving force. And I see that as another parallel, that that love in the Bible is this driving force that brings about redemption. And it's the exact same thing in Star Wars. That, that love drives out hate. Yes, it is. It is Luke's love for Vader. And then and then ultimately it 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 translates into Vader's love for Luke and Leia that brings about this redemption. And you see the same thing in Ben Solo. I mean, that's why I find that scene so powerful because you have his mother speaking to him. You have Ray do this act of kindness and love. And it all just, it's that love that just truly brings him back to who he is. Kind of why would someone save me yes. right now, the condition I'm in. And I think as Christians, we can all say that some like, why would he do this for me? You know, so I think he had a moment like that with Ray. And then, like you said, with his parents uh, and realizing he wasn't trash. He was still loved, actually. And he could turn around and make the right choice. Because he even tells Ray, I, I know I'm getting off in the bin now. He even He's tells fine. Ray, he tells Ray, you can't go back to her now about about his mother. Like, you're, you're, you know who you are now. You're not good enough. She won't accept you. And that's all lies because Leia would have accepted him and her both in that moment. And so, yes, so I, I see that as the major uh, parallel there is just that love is this driving force. And it really is just a, 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 a restoration truly of what was lost. And yes, I, I think Star Wars has a lot of parallels to biblical redemption. Well, we talk about redemption. We've talked we've heard other podcasts talk about redemption and uh, Ben uh solo's redemption anakin's redemption or vader at the point uh when uh, he did what he did in, at uh, the end of return of the jedi um it seems like these uh the redemptions that we're talking about are are more personal there's a lot of people that are saying that um, you know, just because he's redeemed, is that okay that he killed, you know, hundreds of people and younglings and all that stuff? It's not that he's redeemed to the galaxy. It's more so that he's redeemed uh, to his son in Vader and Luke's case. Uh, same with Solo, with uh, Ben, I'm sorry. You know, he's having this dialogue with his with his mother, 
and uh, there's a redemption uh, internally and more personally. And that's very um, reminiscent to the, obviously, to Christianity and redemption there. It's not that, oh, you know, I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior and I'm redeemed, but I'm still going to go do some, you know, pot over at the club or whatever. You know, it, you definitely you, de- you definitely change the way you are uh, because of that. And it's not that we're redeemed and we can go ahead and do whatever or we're forgiven by the world. Uh, it's it's a one-in-one relationship with with your redeemer, I think. Oh, totally, and and you know it truly is. Uh, redemption is it's a release from what you've been in, so it's a freedom into what you had left. And in bit, you know, in Kylo literally is torn. I'm going out back to him now. He or or for Vader, they're literally tormented in the choices and decisions they've made in this lifestyle they're living. And you see that in their redemption, there's freedom. Like they're free now to leave that. And that's so true in life. Many people are. And I think you you see that acted out so well by Adam Driver in uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Literally, you see the moment he he switches back to Ben in his eyes. It's relayed. He does such a great acting job there. But you just see a softness come over him and kind of the anger leaves him. And then you see his actions, like you said, they've changed. He runs off to help Ray now defeat uh, Palpatine, not for selfish reasons, but because Palpatine is going to ruin the galaxy. <laughs> right. And symbolically, I guess that's what uh, baptism is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, a re- 100%. A rebirth, yeah. I don't know. I'm... I hate to use the word, uh, the term devil's advocate, given the conversation that we're having uh, here. But uh, I I don't know if I don't maybe it's my misunderstanding of the word redemption. Uh, And and I see that I kind of see what you guys are hinting at as far as it being personal in nature. Can we really say he was redeemed? Does does one act? uh, Does one act on, on Vader's part, tossing Palpatine over the side? Does that make up for? his past 20 years, or am I just completely mis, uh, misunderstanding the, the nature of redemption? Well, I, I'll say this. I think, does it take away the pain that he's probably caused a lot of people? You know, no. Uh, it was more for him and with the force, I guess, like a personal redemption, just like there are going to be people in life that have done horrible, awful things and hurt a lot of people but the loving God we serve, if they're on their deathbed and they genuinely cry out, you know, and they give their life to the Lord, it's not that they haven't left a wake of hurt, you know, that they've caused in their life, but I guess they are personally redeemed before they go meet their maker. Yeah, I saw a certain point of view had a good comment. Can you bring that back up? Yes, there you go. His soul is saved, his crime still yes, exists. Right. And I mean, I think it's the same. You see that where people go to prison for terrible crimes, but they genuinely, I know they all claim to have an experience sometimes, but, but there are a lot that genuinely do change and they are reformed and redeemed. And does that change what they did? No, but they, they'll live, they'll show that by living the rest of their life different in those cases, if they, you know, have time to to live that out. You know, it's kind of the go and sin no more. Yes. Like, yeah. uh, where are your accusers? I don't contem- I don't condemn you, but go and sin no more. You know, like he was saying, there needs to be a change in your lifestyle in most cases. I mean, most of us, I mean, maybe some people weren't doing anything wrong or whatever, but 
you know, most of the time you see a change in your lifestyle. So, so we can, we can still though all agree that the galaxy probably would not have seen it the same way had Vader lived. And uh, I guess accountability is a separate concept from redemption and that he would have still been held to account for yes. his crimes, but he could have still had redemption at the same time. Totally. Well, I think I, you guys had that uh, talk with Claudia Gray. I think her book Bloodline really brings up something that's interesting of how Leia, she keeps saying, well, Luke had this experience with, with Vader, but my experience with Vader is being tormented and I can't, you know, get that out of my head. So even with his own, his own biological daughter, she can't really let that go because that was her experience with them. She says like she wants to believe what Luke said is true, but that wasn't her encounter with Vader. And that's where I think, you know, a whole different subject, but forgiveness comes into play. Oh, totally. You know, sometimes oh, yeah, even definitely. it's like when he's not around to say, you know, Leia, honey, I'm sorry, but she has to decide to forgive for her own life and for her own life to be better, like all of us do in different situations. Well, and speaking on this, and I hope surely I don't get us in trouble on this, I think that's why I've been very public on my account on Twitter about how I feel about cancel culture. Because as a minister, I just can't throw stones at someone because of one Twitter comment or one Twitter like or something they did, I don't find that to be what I'm supposed to do. Because yet again, who uh, he or she is without sin, throw the first stone. Like, so you're telling me your twit, all your tweets are perfect. I mean, it's just, and that doesn't mean people don't do things wrong. But at the end of the day, I believe in redemption. And I believe Star Wars teaches us that. I mean, it's at the bitter last moments that, that Anakin comes back. And Vader is redeemed. And and I think, you know, we all just need to to learn to be a little more com a little more merciful with, with people because we all make mistakes and we all especially say things we don't mean. I mean, we've all been guilty of that. Hypocrisy is embedded deep within our DNA. Yeah, it is. That's true. Yeah. Brad. I mean, uh, <laughs> I think my problem is I just don't provide enough context in my tweets. If I provided a little more, I know what I'm tweeting. I know exactly. It makes perfect sense in my head. And it's your fault if you don't uh, interpret it the way that I meant it. So the fault is on you guys, not on me. And uh, anybody that's known Ro and I over the last year doing this podcast knows we don't, you know, it's not our primary concern as to whether people get uncomfortable or anything like that. We want to have this open dialogue. Because that's you know we 100% feel that's how you learn and grow, so you know we you know we don't shy away from any conversation, uh, like us or hate us for it. That that that's what it is, and I, I think people are finally catching on to that. It's it's <laughs> it's been an uphill battle, but I think people are you know you talked to, Ro talked about the Red Five Network, and uh, you know if you look at those podcasts across the board, I don't think you can find a more diverse group of podcasts than what we have at the Red Five Network. Um, we are certainly not like the other podcasts, and uh, you guys bring uh, an entirely different flavor to it, you know, um, but we respect each other's opinions at the same time, and I, I think that's what it's all about, you know? Yeah, well, I was thinking it's like we, we will have unity as a people, not when we all agree with each other, agree with everyone's political, religious, or whatever beliefs, but when we can disagree in a merciful and compassionate way with one another. Like that's when we'll have unity as a nation. Right. Because I mean, I mean, this is so simple, but when you make it like a, 
when you make each other what's the word like your opponents or something yeah. how is anything good going to be accomplished anyway on anybody's point you know We, we wanted to thank you guys for coming on. It's been, uh, I say it's been a long time coming. I guess it's only been a few weeks, but it seems like a while. We've been uh, wanting to have this discussion with you guys. Uh, so thank you for coming on. We will definitely have to do it in the future as well. Uh, how can people find your podcast? They can find us. We're on every place that podcasts are, you know, Apple, Spotify, Google, all the other ones, Stitcher, all, all the different, anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find Force of Light Entertainment. And we have Force of Light Entertainment on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me at Michelle34Smith on Inst Instagram and Twitter. And and I'm Natalie R. Grace on Twitter and NatLovesBella07 on Instagram. And I just want to thank you guys again. Thank you for having us. And bear in mind, everybody, we're kind of new to this whole the, the camera and all that type of thing. So we're getting used to it. But this was this was really fun, you guys. Yeah, but I think it's it's a very fun conversation. And like I said, I'm, I'm working on my PhD. And one of the things that I've really wanted to do for a while, and I'm going to have to wait till I write my dissertation, but I would really love to write a book on Star Wars and Christianity. And like like we said, Star, cool. Star Wars isn't based on Christianity, but from it, really any religious viewpoint, you can find things that you really relate to spiritually in Star Wars. And that's definitely the case I know from so many people with Christianity. There's just so many life and spiritual references that you can parallels. see. Yeah, parallels that you can see. So I that that's in the goal for the future at some point. So I, we really appreciate this has been a, a we don't usually have these type of conversations. Right. So it's been a fun and unique uh spin on, you know, talking about Star Wars for us. Yeah, I was gonna say all I heard there was your dissertation is not on Star Wars and Christianity. <laughs> Because I, I think there might be a missed opportunity there. I think you might want to rethink your dissertation. That, that would be pretty awesome, but I don't know if the board would really no. accept that dissertation. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, it's it's been another it's been another good show. Uh, this this might be up there with with, with my favorites. I think it definitely make top three. Uh, as far as my favorites up there with uh, some, I don't know, man, propaganda and Qui-Gon. I think they're all related. This is good stuff, you know. The propaganda um, one was excellent. I, I rec If anyone hasn't watched that one, listen to it. Go back and listen to it. I really, really enjoyed that one. There'll be a sequel if uh, Roe lets me in. <laughs> <laughs> I can continue that whenever. Again, thank you guys for joining us, everybody in the chat. Thank you guys for joining another episode of Scarif Live here on the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. Force of Light, again, thank you guys for joining us. Brad, thank you everyone for joining us on another wonderful edition of the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast, Scarif Live. Don't forget to check out us and everybody else in the Red 5 Network family. We've got uh, red5network.com. Check us out. We've got all sorts of content. And like Brad said, not uh, no two podcasts are alike. We've got uh, a lot of voices on the podcast, very versatile voices uh, that uh, is uh, great to listen to, uh, whatever your taste may be. Thank you guys for joining us tonight. May the force be with you. And that's the Scuttlebutt.
Hey, Star Wars fans and friends of the podcast, don't forget to leave the guys a voicemail for a chance to be included in the discussion. Let them know what's on your mind. Call 773-234-8659. And that's the scuttlebutt. That's no more. You may fire when ready. I have a bad feeling about this. I am altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. You must unlearn what you have there. You felt a great disturbance in the force. I suggest a new strategy, Art. You underestimate the power of the dark side. <laughs> 